You are listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. For more information on RSN, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our student pastor, Gabe Pecoraro. Break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions. Let them vanish away like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows fall short. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. That RSM students, RSM volunteers, is in the Bible. Pretty crazy, right? That's Psalms chapter 58, verses six through eight. And in this next series called Journey Through the Psalms, we're gonna be talking about it and all of the other chapters, some of the big movements and feelings and things that they create Really, we're gonna be answering the question, why in the world do we still need the Psalms today? Why in the world do we need this book of the highest highs and the lowest lows and stillborn childs and fangs and venom and craziness? Why in the world do we need this book? And a couple of things that we need to know about the Psalms is, is first, that they have been the hymn book and the prayers of the church, the people of God for literally thousands of years. You can't journey far when you read through the gospels before you see that Jesus will quote a psalm. You can't journey far when you read the epistles that Paul will bring it up or Peter will bring it up or you'll see it later on in the New Testament. You can't journey far when you read the early church fathers and the books of church history and the prayers of the Christians who now live in this great cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews. You can't journey far without hearing, seeing them recite the Psalms. And what we know is that as a church, When we sing songs on stage, oftentimes you'll hear people sing the Psalms because they're all throughout our liturgy as a church. Also, we'll see when people will pray, they might recite a Psalm. They say that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Or you'll you'll hear people say to taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed are those who take refuge in him. All throughout the mouths of God's people, the Psalms are there. And so it's unbelievably important that you and I, we figure out why in the world they're so important. Why do we need them? Why do we need these prayers and these cries and these songs that the church has sung and stated for thousands of years? Why are they so important? That's our goal of this series. And tonight, we're talking about the Psalms of Vengeance. The Psalms of Anger. And that's where we get our verse, our passage for tonight is Psalms 58. I'm gonna read it one more time. And I want you guys to really just hone in and just feel that like blood boiling, blood curdling, just like rage. I need you to feel that when I read this, okay? Everybody ready? Y'all ready? Y'all ready to rage? All right. Break the teeth in their mouths, oh God. 
Lord, tear out the fangs of those lions. Let them vanish like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows fall short. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. Now that we've heard that, now that we've got a little rage in our blood, I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna jump into this. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I thank you for tonight. More than anything, our heart through this series and our heart in nights like these is to remind the students, to remind ourselves that we can read about you all throughout scripture. We can look forward to heaven, but God, you are alive, active, and moving today, here and now. Would you speak through me? Would you challenge and encourage every single one of us to recognize that there is great joy to those who go to God in prayer and who go to God in anger? I thank you for tonight and I pray that you would bless it. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first thing that we need to see is that we all feel anger. Every single one of us. And I wanna go ahead and I want to just let you guys know, I feel like every single one of us, because we you know, go to church, we're probably a Christian, we believe in Jesus, a lot of times we act like there's certain things that we can't feel, certain things that Christians should not deal with. For instance, a lot of times it's really hard to address the anxiety that lives in our life because we feel like as a Christian, I'm not supposed to deal with that. Or maybe it's really hard to address the fact that you wanna punch somebody in the face because as a Christian, we don't, we don't do that. We don't punch people in the face. Bless your heart, bless your heart. I'll see you, I'll see you at lunch after church on Sunday and we'll, you know, we'll say good morning to each other and we'll do it, it'll be nice. But I don't feel those things, I'm a Christian. And I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys know that as believers and as people made in the image of God, every single one of us has been given a mind, a will, and emotions. And the thing is, is it is not a sin to feel something. It is absolutely not. For us to feel anger is not sinful. Do you know how I know this? Because as we go through life, we're gonna feel angry. Things are gonna frustrate us. Actually, even God felt anger. If you look in Exodus chapter four, you see that God, it says, the Lord's anger burned against Moses. The Lord was angry. Do you know why the Lord was angry? The Lord was angry because he had told Moses that he was going to empower him, equip him, and give this, this incredible, him this incredible task to lead the Israelites, the people of God, out of Egypt. He was gonna go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go, and Pharaoh eventually was gonna listen. We hear all the time about the Israelites getting taken out of Egypt by Moses, this Red Sea parting. Raise your hand if you've heard that story before. A lot of us in here, right? Well, one thing that we need to see in the prequel to this story is God calls Moses to do this. And then he says that you're gonna have to go, you're gonna have to talk to Pharaoh about everything. You're gonna have to let him know that I'm God and I'm using you, Moses. And Pharaoh, he's Pharaoh, he's big and strong and powerful, but I could squash him like a bug, right? And Moses says, well, I'm not a good speaker. And then God tells him, Moses, I told you, you're gonna do this. And they go back and forth five different times. God tells Moses to do this. Moses says, dude, I can't speak. You gotta find somebody else. The fifth time, God is angry. And the time before that, he actually says, Moses, do you not remember? I created the heavens and the earth. 
I put the mouth on your body. I am, am giving you the brain capacity to be able to speak. I'm the person who can make people deaf and mute. I'm also the person who can equip people with the ability to talk. And then Moses looks at God and he says, well, God, hearing all the facts, I've decided that I'm not gonna believe you, find somebody else. And so the Lord's anger burns against Moses. Another thing that we see is that it's not the feeling of anger, it's what you actually do with it. Because when you look at the anger of God, every single time it serves some sort of purpose. God is angered by injustice. God is angered by sin. God is angered by the rebellion of us, humankind, against him in all things good. God is angered when people are oppressed. God is angered when people don't care for orphans and for widows and for children and for mothers and for families. And when you see the anger of God, it is to bring about a purpose of removing evil. But also, you see that the anger of God will also bring about us returning into the fold. God was angry at the Israelites. He let them go and do their own thing. And when they came back to him, he brought them back in every single time. And then eventually, they didn't wanna be back. And he let them go. We serve such a loving God that he is gonna continue to love us, but he is going to give us the ability to leave him if we want. And so even God feels anger. You and I feel anger. And David felt anger. And in this Psalm, David is angry, like many of maybe you guys, or you'll see your mom and dads are gonna be angry. He's actually angry at the rulers, what we would see as the politicians of the day. If you guys did not know, it's 2024. We've got some primaries. We've got an election this year, right? There's probably gonna be a lot of anger about politics in the next year. But at the same time, David is angry at the rulers. David says this in the beginning of the Psalm. He says, do you judge the people fairly? No, you plot injustice in your hearts. You spread violence throughout the land. These wicked people are born sinners. Even from birth, they have lied and gone their own way. They spit venom like deadly snakes. They're like cobras that refuse to listen, ignoring the tunes of the snake chargers, no matter how skillfully they play. David's mad at the rulers. Why? Because the rulers who are supposed to be fair, the rulers who have this position of power are not using it to care for the people. And I think that's something that probably you and I, every single one of us have been angry at before. You've been angry when you see a bully who's bigger and stronger than the person being bullied go and beat them up for no reason. You feel anger when you see somebody who absolutely could help somebody but they don't care at all. They're so selfish that they walk right by. That angers all of us, right? And as I was reading through this psalm, I actually was thinking of a clip that really got me fired up of somebody who could have helped, but because they're selfish and don't care, did not. Y'all pay attention to the screen. Scott! Brother, help me! Long live the king. Raise your hand if that makes you angry. 
All of us are mad at Scar right now, right? Scar had every power, every ability to help out Mufasa and not to kill him in front of his own son, yet he did not. David is unbelievably angry because the rulers of the day and age who could care for people are not. And so, yes, David is absolutely justified in his anger. He absolutely is. And there's gonna be times in our life when we are justified in feeling angry. But the thing that we have to recognize, first and foremost, is that we all are gonna feel anger. The second thing that we need to recognize is that anger goes somewhere. It goes somewhere. Did you know that our society has now capitalized on the industry of having anger go somewhere? People make money on this now? I'm gonna show you, it's gonna make a lot of you guys probably excited and wanna do something like this. And then we're gonna talk about how it's a bad idea. Y'all can throw this up on the screen. Having one of those days? So cool. This may be the place for you. Toronto's first rage room. The idea is from Serbia. I've never seen anything like this. And in everyday life, you get stressed out. So I said, you know, let me check it out. It seems like a cool concept. I need more stuff to smash. Rage rooms. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of a rage room before. So we have capitalized on the concept that when we get mad, we want to break stuff. And this is what science shows us. Science shows us that sure, breaking a couple of plates, spending some money on that, getting all your anger out, punching some things, it might make you feel good for a little bit, but actually it just teaches you that when you're mad, you need to be violent. So it's actually a horribly bad idea. Um, but our anger has to go somewhere. And it could go in several different places. It could go to the situation. I know that there's been times in my life where something has made me mad and before I take a second to think about it, before I take a second to try and process, before I take a second to try and read the room, figure out maybe this person didn't mean what they said, I absolutely blew up, Hulk smashed the place. I doggone shot at the person who made the comment. I shot at the people around them who didn't have anything to do with it. Raise your hand if you've ever been there before. You just raged on everybody, right? So many of us have been in that situation before. Our anger could go towards that. Where else could our anger go towards? If we choose to do what so many of us are incredibly experts at, we push it down and suppress it. Here's the problem. You can feel like you're suppressing your anger, but it's going to come out whether you know it or you don't. If I push this anger down, it could come out in my relationships. I could be mad at Jeffrey but because I have not addressed this situation in my own heart with the Lord, with Jeffrey, it's gonna come out in the way that I talk to Sam or somebody else because I'm still upset. It could also come out in the way that I treat my family. If I'm mad at my younger brother, I'm gonna be more likely to be disrespectful to my mom. It could come out in the way that I do my schoolwork. If I am angry about my math test, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be more likely to boycott my English homework. If I am angry about how school went, I'm gonna be more likely to be an absolute jerk when I'm at work and I'm having to bag somebody's groceries. 
If I'm angry at the way that bagging groceries went and this mom who had this Karen comment that she said to me about something and I'm all upset about it, it's gonna be more likely that it comes out in my sports. You need to recognize that the things that we push down come out somewhere. They come out somewhere. We have to recognize this. And so what are we supposed to do? When we feel this way, how do we react? Might I implore you guys that when you feel this way, take it to the Lord. I promise you God's not afraid of your anger. Take it to the Lord. And the other thing that we need to recognize is the Lord already knows. And so what we're gonna spend some time talking about tonight is when we feel this way, it has to go somewhere. And my prayer for myself and every single person in this room is that we take it to the Lord before we take it to our friends, before we take it into our jobs or into our school or into our interactions with our family. And one thing that we're gonna see is that oftentimes we need to be people who rely on others. We just spent four weeks talking about relationships. But if we go to others before we go to the Lord, the order is messed up. Because I am then relying on people who are flawed, people who sin, people who get angry themselves and don't know what to do with it to counsel me through a situation when I could go to almighty God who loves me so much more than them and who already has an answer. So our anger goes somewhere and it needs to go to the Lord. And this is a decision that we have to make. We have a choice and it's death or life. And what am I talking about? If you get angry and frustrated and punch somebody in the face, you're probably not gonna die unless they're just that big and bad, right? I am talking about death, our life, in our soul, in our relationships. This is what 1 Peter says. It says, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Us acting out in bitterness and rage and malice and losing our crap everywhere and going off on our friends and going off on our family and just going crazy and raging is going to literally wage war against your soul. If you don't believe me, let's give some really, really practical examples. First, on your actual physical body. There are people who live in prison because an act of anger brought them there. There is a physical consequence for a soul problem. And I know that's real, but I wanna be honest with you guys. But even another one, ask somebody who has so much pent up anger, so much rage and bitterness inside of them, ask them how it feels to be so callous to the world, to not trust people, to not know who's got your back and who's gonna backstab you, to live with such a short fuse that they have to avoid things because they're absolutely gonna flip if the smallest thing happens. 
That is prison to your soul. What we need to recognize is we are all gonna feel anger. But what matters is what do you do with the anger? Do you do something healthy and constructive with it? Or do you do something that literally wages war against your soul? In Matthew 11, Jesus says this. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What Jesus is saying is this, come to me all who have a burden, all who are heavy burdened with something. He is not saying, come to me all who are heavy burdened, but the people who are angry, deal with it on your own time. With every single thing, we are to come to Jesus. And one thing that we need to recognize is that he says that we will learn from him when we come to him. And I haven't said this yet, but I plan on making a big deal of it now. David was justified in his anger, right? There's gonna be some times when because you and I are prideful and selfish and sinners, we're not gonna be justified in our anger. We're gonna be mad at somebody, but it was actually my pride that got me there in the first place. And so when we come to Jesus and we lay this burden at his feet, sometimes the learning from him is him saying, hey, you're being a booty. You're being a turd. Sometimes the the laying that at his feet is saying, hey, you need to apologize to that person because you're mad and you are also mean. And sometimes we're gonna come to Jesus and that outrage, he's gonna wanna turn into outreach. You are so enraged by the fact that your friend is being bullied, you came to me and guess what? You also have the means to fix it because you have teachers in your classroom that you can talk to. You can walk with them in the hallway. You can stand up for them. You can give them a shoulder to cry on. We must come to Jesus. And this is what I want you guys to realize is that in our life, we can choose life or death. And this shoe will represent a life. Hey, pretty cool, right? These are my shoes, what you think? Golly. So these shoes are gonna represent life, right? And we can do one of two things. We can choose death or we can choose life. We can choose that in the event that we are walking around, we're going through life, and oh, inevitably, what happens? This person made me mad, they ticked me off, and so guess what? I am mad. I'm mad. And this is what we need to see, is that anger can be a lot like cement, because if you step in it, and you go to God, and you wash it off, you can be washed clean. And as you go through your regular day-to-day life after that, you don't have a big block of cement that's holding you down. But in the times that we hold on to our anger, in the times that we don't go to the Lord, in the times that we absolutely explode and get no real soul healing for ourselves, do you know what happens? That cement is gonna harden. 
And do you know what happens? As you go through your life, as you go through your day-to-day interactions with people, you don't just carry around an easy burden, a light yoke that Jesus gives you. You carry around the heavy burden, the heavy yoke that is caused by your anger. And so now every single time I interact with Dante or a regular person, Dante is hearing me but Dante is hearing every bit of anger and bitterness that remains in my heart. I am having to carry this around. It's no wonder I can't sleep at night anymore because I'm so angry at the world, I'm so weighed down. It's no wonder I can't help but constantly be tired but never be able to find rest, even if I take a super long nap, because I wake up and my mind is so unbelievably overwhelmed by the weight of anger and bitterness, and malice, and vengeance. And so what do we do? Why is this psalm important? And why does David show us an unbelievably vital practice? This is what a hymn says. It says, Oh, what peace we often forfeit, and oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. The reason this psalm is important, the reason the entire book is important is because it shows us that God wants us where we are at. It shows us that God has had a plan from the beginning. When you read Psalms that foretell of Jesus, the Messiah coming, he's had a plan, the plan is happening, and God cares about you when you're angry. If you read the end of this Psalm, David actually talks about how good things will come to the righteous. And I believe that when you're unbelievably upset, it's impossible to come to the conclusion that good things will come to the righteous unless the Lord touches your heart and softens it. And so what I want you guys to recognize is there are no taboo feelings in this room. There are no feelings that we are not allowed to talk about. There are no emotions that we are not allowed to talk about. And in the same time, there is no emotions that you cannot bring to Jesus. He cares for you. He cares for you and he cares about the things that you wanna hide. And what do we see? That when we're in the midst of the pain, when we're in the midst of the struggle, it is a whole lot easier to be made clean and to be made whole by the waters of Jesus than when we've held on to it for an unbelievably long time because sometimes you're gonna have to pull out a sledgehammer to get any better. So do not let your heart become hard. What I want you guys to realize is that before we do anything, we go to God in prayer. And then you're gonna get answers. Your answer could be to forgive that person. Your answer could be to turn outrage into outreach. Your answer could be, hey, this is a big deal. You need to involve some really great friends and get some really great therapy. But before any of that, we go to Jesus first. So I wanna challenge you guys. Figure out the way that you're feeling inside. And as you go through your day to day, 
your first turn, your first look is to Jesus and recognize he wants you just the way you are and just the way you're feeling. You guys are dismissed to small groups. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Student Ministry Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building His kingdom at therenovation.church.